Good morning. It is Thursday, October 6th, and trending this hour, and this is an interesting one, International Day of Failure. It's coming up on October 13th. It's a day when people are encouraged to share and celebrate their failures. What? Yeah. I don't know why you would want to celebrate a failure. You're supposed to learn and, and ponder them. And take corrective action. So, like, if it were, let's say, our elected officials, mm-hmm. Todd Young would celebrate adding $11 trillion <laughs> to the national debt. Eric Holcomb would celebrate having a VIP meet and greet with Malik Muhammad. You're catching on. Yeah, okay, I get it. Yes, now. this day is sure. coming up on right. October 13th. Like, like Dr. Box gynecologist, mm-hmm. the health commissioner, mm-hmm. would celebrate finger wagging the entire state in a press conference about wearing a mask when she knows she'd previously gone to her kid's wedding without a mask. Yeah, you got it. The Indiana Republican Party would celebrate (laughs) taking $1,500 of your money with no use to fund the government and only giving you $200 of that back. Mm -hmm. That's it. I got it. You've I, caught on I got quickly. It. I'm, I'm there. The day Perfect. is October 13th. Also trending, Indianapolis. It is ranked as the 37th most expensive city for household bills. Residents spend, on average, $1,813 per month on the 10 most common household bills. This is 44% of their income. Interesting. Finally trending, John Williams, the film composer, is celebrating his 90th birthday. He's won five Oscars and 25 Grammys. I had no idea who this guy was. You had never heard of John Williams before I brought it up. Kevin looked like he was ready to throw me out of the fourth floor here at 40 Monument Circle onto the monument itself. There was rage in his eyes when Mm -hmm. I told him I had no idea who this person was. You have heard of this song before, I'm hoping. Indiana Jones. Okay. Composed by John Williams. Sure. As well as music for Home Alone, E.T., Saving Private Ryan, okay. Jurassic Park, Superman, Star Wars, Schindler's List, Jaws. Harry the list Potter. goes on. Harry Potter. The list goes on and on and on. What do you you like watch the Harry Potter movies, Kevin? I did when I was a kid. I know you love those movies, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Well, I'm a, I'm a man, so no, I, I've never seen <laughs> a Harry Potter you don't movie. Like magic uh, or British accent. Uh, it's uh, you know, I never realized until. Hearing this now and knowing it's the same guy, how much this song sounds like a bunch of the songs in Home Alone. Well, it's written by the same exactly. guy. Exactly. Well, now I know. Yeah, there you go. Uh, he's he's celebrating his 90th year. It's eight minutes after 11. He's Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. Thank you very much for listening. Oh, and by the way, thank you for joining us on YouTube if you're consuming that way. Hit if that you, like button. Yeah. Like if you'd button. like to try that, just uh, type in Kendall and Casey WIBC into the YouTube search bar and uh, go ahead and make a nice comment for us as well. That helps the algorithm. So let's talk about OPEC. They are planning to cut production of 2 million barrels per day, and this is to shore up prices, and this is right in the face of President Biden. So this is, uh, it always floors me where people are like, I can't believe OPEC is cutting production. OPEC is a Mm money-making juggernaut. Mm -hmm. That is why they exist, to make as much money as possible without outright disrupting society to the point where people can't afford to buy their stuff going forward. That is what they do. They are like just every corporation in the world to get as much money as possible without affecting their 
long-term business plan, which is people buying their stuff. And it really does show the stupidity, the ignorance, the naivety. Pick your favorite disparaging word about Joe Biden and the and the uh, National Democrats that they cut off and are cutting off and continue to cut off our ability to be energy sufficient in the United States of America and they get beholden to these very dangerous people who while Saudi Arabia is better than the alternatives over there but that's like saying well they were a D minus and everybody else was an F Mm -hmm. it's not they're not our friends to steal a line from South Park I'm not your buddy guy and yet we have become beholden upon these people needlessly and then we act dismayed when they don't act in the United States best interest. Okay, so crude prices have fallen to roughly $80 a barrel. They were 120 in early June. So, how do you make those prices go back up? Well, you cut off supply make it less available and so the price goes up but to your point are you saying that biden's fist bump didn't work <laughs> yeah remember when he went there and he was going to give the the uh, the crown prince he mm-hmm. was going to give him the business and he was going to tell him what's up and he was going to talk about the assassination of the journalist and he was going to condemn him and then just gave him a fist bump and mm-hmm. said please give us more oil well when he was running for president he did call him pariah yeah um this so the, casey this is this is embarrassing though that the united states of america allows itself to one have to cater to these people and two is dependent upon these mm-hmm. people because we don't mm-hmm. have to be okay but see the thing is consider this this is happening right before the midterm elections right yes so as i'm thinking through all of this it really makes me question if the saudis have more control or influence over our elections than we think because who would love gas prices to go higher more than anybody republicans it will make biden look bad yeah here's but here's the thing about the saudis and it's the true with whether it's kim jong-un or the saudis or putin or whatever they respect people that they believe why did reagan get so much Mm -hmm. done same reason trump got so much done on foreign policy he wasn't nuts but the perception was that he was nuts. It's interesting, you know, I talked about earlier in the show how I had wrapped up watching The Americans, which is these, mm-hmm. obviously these Russian spies. It was a show on years ago on FX. These Russian spies who live as Americans during the Reagan presidency in the Cold War. And it starts when Reagan's first been elected. It ends at the famous uh, summit between Gorbachev and Reagan in late 1987. Mm-hmm. And towards the end, as Reagan is making victories and g- working with Gorbachev to, that's kind of the final season, as Reagan is making these victories, Gorbachev is working with Reagan. There are hardliners inside the Soviet government who are livid about this. These spies get caught in the, in the, the middle of this and have to take a, a stand. And what you realized was Reagan got so much done because he was a strong man who wasn't nuts, but the perception amongst the Soviets was this guy is nuts. He will press the button. He will pull the trigger. He will annihilate us off the face of the earth. It is much better. And the calculated decision Gorbachev made and the people who supported Gorbachev was better to deal with this guy Mm -hmm. and give him much of what he wants rather than get him Oh, you know, on our bad side. Same thing with Trump. The look at how much progress was made on foreign policy under Trump. Whether you like 
think Trump's style or whatever, mm-hmm. it, it worked on foreign policy because Putin in check got further than anybody had ever gotten on Kim Jong-un. Are we even talking to Kim Jong-un mm-hmm. anymore right now? I don't think we are based on the fact he just fired a missile at Japan. Right. Uh, multiple Middle East peace agreements, oil, the Saudis under control. They like whether they liked doing business or not with Trump. They did business with Trump because they feared him and respected him. Well, and that's that's my point. How are they feeling about Biden? Obviously, not as good. And by raising gas prices, to whether it's his fault or not, Biden's going to get blamed for that. So, in effect, are they influencing what happens in our elections? It's 14 after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Okay, so Nancy Pelosi, Nancy Fans Pants Pelosi, uh, her net worth has increased by $140 million since 2008. <laughs> so say that again. Say that again, Casey. Her net worth has increased by $140 million since 2008. So this is Nancy Pelosi, a mm-hmm. person without any applicable skill set that you would say this person should be really rich. Like she's not an inventor. She's not Mark Zuckerberg or you know uh, Jack Dorsey. She's not Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos. She doesn't have some great financial background that before joining the United States Congress, wow, she made a bajillion dollars starting businesses. There's zero reason Nancy Pelosi should be worth $1 million or have gone up, her net worth should have gone up $1 million, much less 140, unless you write the laws, mm-hmm. you know what laws are going to be written, and you find ways to use that to be your benefit in terms of financial decisions that you make. Okay, well, now what she's doing is she's trying to pull up the ladder behind her. And what may be her final months as a member of Congress, that's, you know, we'll see. She's backing a proposal that would prohibit her colleagues from buying and selling individual stocks. So she doesn't want them doing the same thing that she was doing. Here's what's great about this, though. And by great, I mean the worst thing ever. And I know we got to get to a break in a second. But she had promised all year long, we will pass. Mm-hmm. Insider trading reform. They don't call it insider trading reform, but that's what I'm calling it. Because if you did, people people need to realize. You're going to call it what it should be named. If you did, as a regular person, what these Congress people, many of them do consistently, you would probably go to federal prison. But they write the law that exempts themselves Mm -hmm. that allows them to do it. It's how so many people go into Congress poor and come out millionaires. Mm -hmm. It it happens all the time, and there's no reason based on what they make as a salary that should be happening. But she had promised all year long, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. She had promised her uh, House Democrats, we will do it before you go to recess so you can go home before the election and campaign on we did, you know, insider trading reform, whatever you want to call it. Well, then she didn't do it, Mm -hmm. and to the point where some Democrats have come out and publicly called for a change in leadership, saying even the Democrats are saying, this is ridiculous, and their excuse, I think it was Steny Hoyer, said, well, we didn't have time to read the bill. Since when has reading something (laughs) ever been a hurdle to you guys passing anything at all, unless it involves messing with your pocketbook? Well, it's just so typical. She made all this money, and now she's sitting there in her brass bed in her golden toilet saying, oh, this is so unfair, and this is so awful, and, you know, these politicians can't get rich from this information they have and the ability to control events, and therefore now, on my way out, I'm going to change this so that other people 
can't become as rich as me. 17 after 11, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It's going down in Zionsville. There's things happening. This 20 split. minutes after 11, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So you want to do a little local government 101. Okay, and this is why our show is so valuable. Not only can we educate people on rhubarb pie, mm-hmm. we can give you the greatest analysis of local government that you won't hear anywhere else. You people are so lucky <laughs> to have us. So, okay, before we play this. this Thank from, you for listening. This is from the Zionsville Town Council meeting the other night. And if you live in Zionsville, you should be mortified at the people who represent you like we all know i've got my issues with the uh underachievers that run the town of brownsburg and while they suck at their jobs at least they're most of the time not an embarrassment in the process of not living up their to their obligations to the taxpayers this council and this mayor are collectively such an embarrassment and everyone should be mortified, and they're both at fault. So this was the budget presentation by the mayor to the town council. Mm-hmm. And, of course, there's a lengthy back and forth now where this Emily Styron, I think is her name, mm-hmm. she's a total loser. She's the one who went on the profanity-laced tirade right. over she's gun control. Right, she's the one who went and bought out a bunch of uh, Plan B pills to pass uh, them out. She's going to do that. She was, that's, I think you're right on that. She was going to, she uh, tried to illegally fire, I think it was the fire chief. Mm-hmm. The town was like, dude, a third grader could read the code and realize you can't do that. She tried to do it anyway. They had to spend all sorts of taxpayer money to sue her. I think the council ultimately won that lawsuit. Uh, Zionsville is a mess. And so this is the budget presentation. And it is clear that this council and this mayor, and oh, the other big thing with Zionsville is they can't apparently keep track of their money because the software that the mayor, I guess, brought in can't properly keep track of the money. So the town's bond rating, which is how you borrow money to do large projects, got downgraded. She is apparently allegedly spending a bunch of money that the council didn't approve and won't stop. They're acting like they're helpless, which is crap. So this is a back and forth between the mayor the woman, Emily Styron, is the woman you'll hear talking, and members of the town council. And I'm going to play this for you and then tell you why both of these people are just absolute jokes. Take a listen. If we you all fire- are the ones that removed capital expenditures from the last budget. That is incorrect. We're, so we are, yes, you did. And I'm happy we are, this is the budget that we're presenting and their capital expenditures inside of them. The question I guess I have is if, if there's an urgency from department heads to order things now, why are we waiting three months to do it? Why don't we do it now? Like this is part of it. Once we have budget, our we budget have- allocation for next year in place, then we can make the order. Well, As we said, it we're not, it's not going to come in tomorrow or the next day. So we need to order it as soon as we can, but we need to make sure we have the money for it. So we don't know if we have the money for it. Why are you asking for it? In the we're budget asking then? for the appropriation. It's not the fun. It's not like cash in the bank. It's the appropriation that we need. So you just you said understand that difference fund balances we why don't we do it now it's the police department you, you just said we are putting that now. in our budget why don't we do it now okay for god's sake well, but you just said you don't know if we have the money so you do, we have the cash we do not have the appropriation and that's why a budget no, gets an appropriation but we can do that now that's how we do it why don't we do our budget for 2023 and that's when we would like 
to get it. So just so it's not it. urgent to get it it's a, right it's now. Important enough to get it, but just not right now. It's all about ordering. Do you all have any idea how purchasing works? You order something and then yes. you pay it when it come, when it arrives. Yes. And in order to get in line, we need to be able to know we have the funding for it for yes. next year so yes. that we can do that. But why don't we do the funding right now for it so you can order it right now? Because it might be more expensive next year. It's a pretty simple question. Like if we need a fire here to discuss the, the budget and Kelly does not want to be so, We're inconveniencing <laughs> you in asking jeez, oh, I'm sorry, this is an inconvenience to everyone. To Okay, everyone who just heard that, if you live in Zionsville, all of these people, for the most part, should be fired because they are just a joke on both sides. Okay, should we start that, with her? That, that clip is going to drive me to drink before noon, Rob. That was stressful. Should we start with, do you want to start with the council or you want to start with her? What do you want to do? Which one do you want to start with? Start with the council. Okay, the council clearly has, and look, she deserves to be laughed at by that town. The way she, the mayor, Emily Styron of Zionsville, has behaved, she is a joke. She is a disgrace to taxpayers. Everyone should be mortified that she is the figurehead of that community. I get that, and I get the council has an uh, irreparable relationship with her. They don't trust each other. Sounds like They don't like each other. I get it. That being said, Mm -hmm. there is a way the vast majority of the time large purchases are made in municipal government and they are allocated during the budget process. There is not a fire trucks are us that you can run down to at your, you know, there's not a fire truck at the local car dealer that you Mm -hmm. can say, give me that one. Those are generally very specific purchases that are well thought out that, hey, after we've had this fire truck for 20 years it needs repaired or it needs fixed it is more uh cost costly over time to fix it versus just buy a new one here's what we need in the fire truck those are thought through and approved as a fire budget is approved for the year for these guys to act like why don't we just do it off a whim well the public deserves to know you're doing that and as a part of the budget process maybe the public has comments on buying so we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars expenditure mm-hmm. it's not going down to the again local car dealer and buying an you know a 1983 nissan so for them to act like i have no idea what's going on here why don't we just do that give me a break you guys know how that operates so that's them they're being deliberately difficult and trying to make her look bad she's insane <laughs> And I would be mortified if that woman with that lack of professionalism and the way she's behaved previously were representing me. Zionsville, you deserve so much better. You should throw all of these people out. Zionsville ranked in the top 10 of best cities to live in in the country. Top 10 of the best small cities in the U.S. Ranked based on what? Uh, well, it was the same thing we talked about the other day. Housing cost, quali- quality of schools, and restaurants per okay, capita. But, but see, this is when they say housing costs. There's no way because Zionsville has had like 83 school referendums. So there's mm-hmm. no way the housing cost. I guarantee the housing cost in Brownsburg is markedly lower than Zionsville based on they don't have a, ta- a giant school tax referendum. So you got to throw those things out. Zionsville is a great place. The mm-hmm. downtown is lovely. It's wonderful. The people there are great. They're having trouble passing their budget, but, though. But the government is a mess, and this is why we need Nigel to run for mayor of Zinesville. <laughs> there you go. There's the answer. Nigel, we need you. He's in Florida right now. 1127, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. 
Vice President Kamala Harris was traveling to Connecticut to talk about abortion. And while she was at the round table, she again professed her fondness for Venn diagrams. What is it with, the, you know, the three circles, the Venn diagram? She just cannot get off of it. She has such a fetish with the, the Venn diagrams. Mm-hmm. Like, we, should we play this audio? Yeah. All right. I've actually asked my team to do a Venn diagram. I love Venn diagrams. <laughs> <laughs> I just love Venn diagrams. You know, the three circles, right? Sometimes there are more. Like, what is it with her and the Venn diagram? If you have any thoughts or aspirations to be part of her team, because she always says, I have my team, yeah. you have to know how to do a Venn diagram. I mean, that's just like a prerequisite to work for her. She's so unpopular, though. Um, but at this point, the Democrats are kind of boxed in due to, you know, identity politics and we'll either have a person of color or we'll have a woman, uh, you know, that she's going to be on the presidential ticket. I don't know. Rob, maybe they need a Venn diagram to see who would be a better running mate for old Joe. (laughs) Um, Can we move on to something that I just love? And there was a debate. So the Kansas, Mm -hmm. Kansas is having their governor's office is up for uh, voting this year. so It's the only one, too. Is it the only? Yeah. The only Democratic governor yeah. that's up for re-election. So Kansas has a Democrat mm-hmm. governor. This is in large part because the Republicans ran a terrible candidate in 2018. Uh, I believe they are favored to take the seat back. But so the, they had the debate between the Republican and the, and the Democrat governor of Kansas. Mm-hmm. And the Democrat governor of Kansas will not say and she goes out of her way to say to say she will not say whether or not Mm -hmm. she supports joe biden we are going to make sure that we keep college affordable for kansas kids and we keep access available and it has to be an every single day task there is no sort of one answer but i would say nick while you're finishing uh, being wired up there this would be a great opportunity for the governor to answer my question does she think that we are better off in kansas and america today with joe biden as president that is not the question. So that's 10 seconds, in, in 60 seconds, Laura. Well, I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> Flat out. I'm not going to answer it. It's the sitting governor of the state mm-hmm. asked if she will support the president of the same party as her. Mm-hmm. And we are told time and time and time and time and time and time and time, time again by the media how American society has fallen in love with Biden and his policies all over again and how great he is and that is so weird that that democrat governor will not say whether she supports biden or not none of them want to answer it is he good well we've heard he's qualified yes he's he has the correct qualifications to be president isn't it weird but is he doing a good job are we better off in kansas in america today she just doesn't want an answer i have an answer what no (laughs) interesting um okay so here's something that uh, caught my attention that i wanted to share with you yes this is a uh, viral video Mm -hmm. this is a video from the indianapolis zoo oh a girl was doing some cartwheels in front of the dolphins Uh at the zoo oh like in the little the little tank that Mm -hmm. the dolphins are in and every time she cartwheeled the dolphin would do a spin with her. Oh, wow. It was really cute. The video received over a million views. It got props from ESPN and Gatorade. Oh. And uh, here's the girl explaining why she was cartwheeling. 
So my friends were like, oh, somebody should do a cartwheel. And I was apparently the only person that could do cartwheels. Did my first cartwheel, you see the dolphin come over, like, interested. And then I did my second cartwheel. And that's when all the, like, flipping started to happen, which was awesome for me because I've been obsessed with dolphins since I was a little girl. So the dolphin was just reacting to the guests. I have not been to the Indianapolis Zoo. But you're going. I'm going. Uh, Terry, Stacy, and I have an appointment to go over there and check out the zoo boo oh, that they have going on. How exciting for you. Yes, the Indianapolis Zoo. If you're a zoo person, someone who mm-hmm. likes to consume that sort of scenery slash education is a lovely uh, lovely place. It's been many years since I have been to the zoo, mm-hmm. uh, but it is indeed uh, quite a place for you uh, or your family to go. Okay, so I'll have to check out the dolphins and maybe do a cartwheel. What, is there like a, there's got to be like a weather limit though on a dolphin, right? I mean, like they can't in December be like, here's the dolphins on full display. Like, the, do dolphins. Well, I don't know. Are they indoors? Is well, it an indoor tank? Well, it's a good, I guess that's a good question. It's yeah, been, it's, it's indoor. I'm pretty sure. Are you a zoo person? Uh, I went to the zoo a long time ago. Yeah, you I seem was... like someone who is always in touch with nature, though, because you like to <laughs> hike. So yeah. I could see you being a zoo person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I uh, went when I was really young. I remember going to see the dolphins, and uh, I love the orangutans. Yeah. That's probably my favorite part, although, yeah, I don't know. It's just... Uh, yeah, that's all I'll say about that. Good take, Kevin. Thank you for that. That was a great take. We really we're glad you're here. Wonderful job. Okay, so let's uh, let's move on to this Donald Trump story. Um, he when he left the hospital. Do you remember when he had COVID? Yes. This is going back a few years, yes. but you remember when he had COVID and he was leaving the hospital? Apparently, he wanted to wear a Superman T-shirt well, on his way out. So I was sure. thinking, right. okay. If you were picking a superhero to represent Donald Trump, would you pick Superman? Uh, no, I would. I would not. Now, I, we probably should have a duel in here for this because he is the comic book. Oh, uh, that's right, king and He's knows got a huge collection. All of the many ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there a superhero that fits this description? A wickedly smart and wildly charismatic yet mortally flawed by their own lack of ability to have any self-control. Batman. Is that Batman? Well, Batman has self-control. I mean, he's not out, like, running around doing things, you know, that are harming. Like, he is not giving up the gig that he's Bruce Wayne. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I don't think you can call Trump a superhero because he has a mortal flaw and it is self-imposed. Well, that's why I was thinking Trump would be born Batman because Batman didn't have superpowers. He had toys. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's a good point. He was a rich billionaire. Right. Well, but the idea that, uh, again, I get that as a high-profile politician, narcissistic self-absorption is part of the thing. Mm -hmm. But you're the president of the United States. You're the leader of the free world. And supposedly, he was at one point very ill with COVID. Mm -hmm. The idea that you make it anything other than very straightforward and somber and businesslike when leaving, it's not cute and it's not funny because the entire economy, the world economy, our national defense, alliances, all depend upon the president of the United States being the president of the United mm-hmm. States. And it's not some sort of game that you beat COVID and everything with this guy 
is just some sort of game. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty insightful, isn't it? That that's what was on his mind. That he was wanting to wear a Superman t-shirt right. on his way out. Make a joke out of it. Make a light of it. Yeah, I, I just... Meanwhile, the country's shutting down. Is are we are we getting to the point where uh, how quickly do you think after Ron DeSantis because he will win by the five percentage points, mm-hmm. how quickly after DeSantis does that will we start to see more and more Republicans just say okay we're done here thanks for your time you had your opportunity we're moving on with Trump yes uh, we'll see why would you want to go through this anymore I mean it doesn't matter whether it was true or wasn't true it's believable enough with Trump that it's true because of, I'm talking about all the other things that we can prove that we do know it's all just exhausting at this point <laughs> if you were a superhero do you have one picked out who would you be if you were putting on a t-shirt I'm, leaving... I'm more of a villain oh you know yeah, I mean, I'm more of a. Nice I would be more of, more of a villain. I could than see this. you being like a Venom from Spider-Man. Oh yeah, why is that? Is there any uh, specific quality that you Venom just, has? You just seem poisonous. Uh, <laughs> you could, wow, I, that's just the vibe I'm getting. Uh, Kevin, do you know who Captain Marvel is? See, I'm I'm not well versed on okay. the uh, Marvel Cap- stuff. Captain Marvel is an attractive blonde, confirmed by the writers as the most powerful superhero in the uh, Marvel universe. Yes. She can do anything. She can fly. She has energy that comes out of her hands. She can travel through space. Superhuman strength, stamina, durability, agility. Boy, that sounds like me. <laughs> I would definitely be Captain Marvel, the most powerful superhero in the Marvel Universe. It would make sense. I I guess if I had to be a superhero, I would be the uh, famous uh, cartoon character, The Tick, as voiced by Patrick uh, Warburton. (laughs) Making people itchy. You know, something else that uh, Captain Marvel can do is that is see the future. And coming up in our future, it's a talk. Rob, you took care of this yesterday, right? Yes, we'll continue our conversations with school board candidates running across central Indiana. Very important elections. We'll talk with another another one coming up next. Dave Tinky from Brownsburg. It's on the way from 93 WIBC. It's Kendall Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here. Continuing now our conversations with school board candidates across central Indiana. We can't emphasize it enough that school board is one of the most important things you'll vote on this fall. Uh, There's likely a school board election on your ballot, and you need to educate yourself about who these people are and what they intend to do as it relates to the public school system. And look, we're having candidates from all over central Indiana on this show. And even if the candidate is not from where you're from, you need to pay attention because there's a good chance the issues that they're talking about and what inspired them to run, it may very well be happening in your school district. So today we're going to speak with Dave Tinky. He's running for the school board in Brownsburg. A lot of hot button issues going on there. Obviously Brownsburg near and dear to my heart. It's where I live. It's where I went to school. Here's that conversation with Dave Tinky. All right, Dave, so we always start off by asking people this. You have decided to take the plunge to run for public office. Why would you subject yourself to that? Did you draw a short straw? Did you lose a bet? And why, of all things, school board? 
Well, th Rob, thanks for having me on today. Uh, yeah, I joined um, this, the race this last year. I've been a longtime observer of politics and the, the civic life and the, the uh, Commonwealth issues that are going on and been interested in that for a long time. I've been, for 40 years, I've been doing uh, social uh, involvement. I started out as a big brother when I was 23 years old, and so I've been involved with things for a long time. For the last 30 years, I've been in an educational role, either as a, a uh, school board member or board of trustees and all monitor or on the president's advisory council. So I've had a long interest in education. And a couple of years ago, I was noticing, as everybody did, I guess, the, uh, the increased views on the uh, public schools, what was happening in public schools. And it troubled me, uh, mainly from a racial standpoint, that uh, we were dividing students by race. So I, I was finishing up my term on the school board, a local Christian school board here in town, in the area. And I wanted to take a look at what's happening in Brownsburg, is where I live for the last 14 plus years. So when I got there, there was things going on that troubled me greatly. And I decided to jump in. If, if I got, and I talked talking with people, did, could I get enough support? Did they think it was a viable candidate? Did it make sense for me to run? Yeah, you and know, I, one of the one of the things you know, we had a guy from Zionsville on yesterday that's running, and you just don't think of these things, you know, whether it's critical race theory being taught, et cetera. You don't think of these things happening in these suburban schools, and when you start digging into the issue, not only are they happening. But a lot of the administrators and school board members are hardcore about having it happen. Yeah, I mean, public schools are a combination or a partnership between the taxpayers because they're uh, established by, by the state government and the, the parents who put their children in schools. Uh, I don't believe parents expect those kind of things to be taught in their schools, and yet they are. And I think we need to rid their schools of political, social, sexual issues, and leave those to the parents, and let the schools do what they're best at, which is deep academic teaching, high rigor, and teach that and make our schools uh, a possible, a probable, and it should be, a conscious school of choice for the parents to send their students. Dave Tinky's our guest. He's running for the school board in Brownsburg. You know, that's one of the reasons we're interviewing all these folks, you know, from the various school boards across the state, school board candidates across the states, because what's happening in your community is probably happening in someone else's. And I'm curious, you know, you're knocking on a lot of doors. When you go door to door, are people aware of what's, what's happening in the schools? Are, are they even aware there are school board elections? Uh, there's a mix of that, of course. Uh, a lot of people will get my, get my card and they'll look at me and I'll talk to them a little bit and tell them I'm for strong academic rigor in the schools and social issues being left to the parents. And I'll get a lot of nodded heads and they'll say, yeah, that's what should be happening. Uh, I want to teach my student about political, sexual, racial issues, and I want the schools to teach, you know, the three R's, but then there's also the sciences, social studies, uh, the arts, uh, business, all kinds of things they can teach that uh, the parents may not be best at, but they've, they've employed, per se, uh, public schools to do that for them. When you are talking to people, you told me this before we went on air, you said you were at a door earlier today and the person said, well, what's your party affiliation? A big part of this, we talk about this quite a bit on the show, a big part of this is that the school board is the one area where you don't have to tell your party affiliation, which is part of how radical leftists get on school boards in places like Carmel and Brownsburg and Fishers, because these people can go out and run 
And they never have to tell you who they are or what they stand for or what they're about. It's just, well, that's Janie's mom. And, you know, she bakes a lot of treats for the kids. You don't have to get in to the nuts and bolts of who you are and what you, you stand for because you have to declare a party affiliation. Yeah, these are nonpartisan races. There's a lot of political activities to go with them, obviously calling on uh, potential voters and uh, showing what you're telling what you're show, what you're standing for and standing against. And that's what I try to do. I don't try to say, hey, I'm a Republican, I'm a Democrat, I'm a Libertarian. I say, this is what I stand for. This is what I'd like the schools to do. And I think if you agree with me, I'd like your vote. One of the things we talked about is, regardless of what party you are, the idea of not voting straight ticket. And I'd imagine that's hard as a school board candidate because you've got to tell people, hey, if you vote straight party, you're basically out of the school board voting equation, or at least it's a lot harder to do that. And getting people really to say, hey, you got to work through your ballot and make it all the way to the school board election because people may be your voter, but if they don't do the work, they're not going to get to you. Yeah, I try to explain that to them. A lot of people ask about that. Uh, I think some people know, but some, you know, like anything else, it's a mixed bag. Uh, Dave Tinky's our guest. He's running for the school board in Brownsburg. A couple minutes left with him. When you are knocking on these doors, what is the number one topic that you hear from people? Like, what, are the, what is the number one thing from people you talk to that they want to talk about? Well, uh, CRT is an issue has been raised a lot. Um, the transgender issue has been raised a lot. Uh, and I think the, the other thing I got raised the other day that I didn't expect is ask about guns in school. Would you allow a, a teacher who is properly trained and secured their, their firearm properly to, to allow a, to have that gun, a gun in school, which I would be in agreement with. Again, you have to set parameters for that, but I would be in agreement with that as well. Obviously, you're running because you're concerned about the condition of public schools, and it seems like there's a lot more conservative or liberty-minded people who are running for school board this time through. How do we get more good people to want to be involved and run for these, these school board races? Because I know in the case of, of you, Dave, so you had to put a lot of effort into this to make that decision, and how do we get more people to pull the trigger? Well, I think it, it came to a, a crest a couple of years ago when people were starting having their children being taught at home through the public school system. They just see what was done. So parents became a lot more active in the last couple of years. Uh, and that's helped. You know, I think it's best to have people who are closely involved with schools or education and they see what's going on and, and, ju and jump in. Uh, just to be jumping in just because you want to be on elected office, this is no place to be. Now, before we let you go, I heard a rumor, friend of the station, friend of the show, Tony Kennett, is doing some sort of event for you. Is that right? Yeah, there's a... a You're really scraping the bottom of the barrel there. You can do better than Kennett? I have uh, never met Tony, but uh, some of the people who are supporting <laughs> me have met him. Uh, <laughs> I've heard him on, the, on, I think, on your show, maybe some other places, that he seems to be a, a well-spoken, knowledgeable individual. So, yeah, I hope to, hopefully you'll be uh, bringing... Uh, some people to meet, meet me and hear the story. Yeah, he'll probably pick up, pick you up a few votes. Before I let you go, if you have one piece of advice for people either who are looking at what they should be considering when they vote this fall, whether you're in Zionsville or Brownsburg or Avon or you know Plainfield or Greenwood, wherever it might be, if you're looking at these school board candidates, what should people be looking at and what should they be asking themselves before they go vote in these school board races? Well, I think uh, a couple things. One is the, what's their principles? 
because uh, if you don't start with principles, you just end up making a bunch of rules, which usually end up in conflict at some point down the road. And the other is, are you willing to to fight for your, your for those principles? Uh, the one school board member has been on the board. It's aligned with my principles. Has been Tiffany Dearman, uh, and uh, she's been a fighter and stood up where she thought was appropriate. So I think those are the two things. Are you principled? And what's your principles? Do you agree with those? And are you a fighter for those principles? Uh, before I let you go, you got a website, a Facebook page. If people have heard you today and said that is the most incredible individual I've ever heard, I'd like to learn more about him. Yeah, Dave Tinky for Brownsburg Schools. Dave Tinky, the number four Brownsburg Schools. And that's T-I-N-K-E-Y. Yep. All right, Dave, thanks a lot, man. Thanks for running. We need more great people to be involved. and appreciate you raising your hand and doing it. I know from experience, running for public office, thankless job. Glad you're doing it. Thank you. I appreciate your time, Rob. That's going to do it for us today. Thanks, as always, to Kevin for doing a phenomenal job on the board. Casey doing a great job making the show work as well. Stick around. Tony Katz coming up next. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.